Welcome to Accessible Theology. We are a podcast that is dedicated to making theology accessible. Now, our goal is that we would know God truly so that we can love God deeply. And we hope to have just simple theological discussions uh, to that end uh, so that we can, uh, as you'll see at the end, love God, know truth, and live accordingly. Uh, But my name is Aaron Badorf. I'm here with my friend Michael Carlino, and we have not recorded an episode in, what, three months? It's been a little while, but there is a very good reason for that. Michael, is there something you'd like to share with us? Yeah, uh, well, today actually is... uh... It's July 5th they're recording on and on May 5th. So it hasn't been exactly two months. Uh, my son Titus was born. So I'm uh, thrilled about that. First child. And it's been a, a joy, an exhausting joy to, to, <laughs> yes. to raise him. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So we're, yeah, we're thrilled to have, have a new one around the house. And uh, yeah, so that's why we haven't recorded. Um, yeah. I've been, I've been awake, but <laughs> much. But I've been <laughs> yeah. So. I, if I remember correctly, we were set to record either that day or the next day that Titus was born. And yeah, you know, the 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 two big breaks we've had to take in our recording yeah. have both been. The last one was when we were actually scheduled to record, and Nora was born. Um, yeah. and the the same thing this time. So, yeah, it's been uh been a good two months so I'm, I'm not upset that we haven't recorded a podcast <laughs> oh yeah not at all and, and this is i think well deserved time off uh, for <laughs> you to to figure out this this fatherhood thing uh we are we are very yeah 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 a different kind of baptism though we're not uh not advocating anything to do with baptizing babies for sure um uh, yeah. but we are excited to be back behind the microphones, as it were, uh, to have uh, a discussion today about preaching. And so, uh, actually, it's my dad who asked a question um, about preaching, and, and we want to take a little bit of time to discuss that, but also a few other things that we think are related uh, to this. Uh, and so I'll just, I mean, I'll just ask the question as he was articulating it uh, so that we can kind of get into some of these other things as well. Uh, he, he just was simply asking, what is the right place to learn the Bible? Uh, and, and more specifically, should we be expecting as Christians to learn the Bible through preaching on a Sunday morning? And, and it's, this all kind of comes down to like a purpose question on what is the purpose of preaching? So that's what me and Michael want to discuss this morning in our open mic format. Uh, talk about preaching a little bit and some of its importance, its purpose, and uh, just some of the things that go into that. So, Michael, what do you think? What is preaching? Yeah. Um, so the, there's a couple of parts to that question that we'll need to deal with. But uh, the, yeah, the first thing, if, if you were to ask me, what is is preaching um i would say that preaching is the word of god <laughs> it is it is god uh, working and speaking and actively communicating his truth um through his chosen man uh it, who is i would argue that true preaching 
happens through a qualified man to be preaching. Um, you, you know, when we think about preaching in the sense, uh, biblically, I would say it's uh, preaching is connected intimately to the office of pastor. And so part of your dad's question there was connected to the Sunday morning worship. And I would say that it, is, it would only be proper for uh, a man to be preaching at that point and that, that he would be uh, qualified to be preaching uh, for it. So there, there are actually expectations that God puts forward in his word as to who should be preaching. And then the what of preaching would be it is the word of God communicated through that man. Now that that, that would lead us into other discussions that um, we want to make sure to differentiate between uh, the inscripturated word of God, which is infallible, and the, we could say, the uh, the mediated or the spoken um, word of God, which is when a fallen post-apostolic, and by that I mean someone who is preaching after the time of the apostles, when the canon of scripture is closed. So we, we don't believe that preaching is giving us more books of the Bible. It's not like when a guy is preaching that we record those sermons, write them down, you stick them in after Revelation. We don't do that. But mm -hmm. preaching is legitimate and it is um necessary as the as right. the god ordained means after the scriptures are complete whereby the church is being built up through a qualified preacher and god does that through his through his word and that legitimacy is only had insofar as the preacher is founding by that i mean showing expositing the word of god so if a guy is at a pulpit and he is saying things that are contrary to scripture i would say that that is not the the word of god the word of god is true and that doesn't mean though that every time let's say if i was preaching a sermon or if aaron if you're preaching a sermon that everything you're saying is perfect uh, we may say things that we are wrong unintentionally we might grow and change our own views over time and that doesn't mean that god does not work through the preaching the preaching is the i i would say the imperfect means through which god is building his church it's not like scripture it's not inscripturated perfect closed kind of thing it but it is we would say preaching is the word of god yeah yeah and, and I mean, I agree with all of that. And I think that's very helpful. It brought to mind, though, some questions, probably more on the, the, the practical side of things. And, and so I'm, I'm hearing what you're saying. And, and I'm, I'm thinking, what then should the average Christian expect out of a sermon and so like even back to my dad's question he's asking is this is this how we should be learning the bible and i'm maybe even inserting in that question like is this the primary way that we should be learning the bible or um, is it more important for us to be reading the bible for our own or is there no distinction there so i, I don't know i'm just kind of thinking some of those practical questions of when I show up to church on a Sunday morning, what should I expect out of the sermon? Yeah, that's good. So first, let me let me begin by saying that the Sunday morning meeting is crucial. Uh, we believe in the Lord's Day, 
Um, that doesn't mean uh, so neither Aaron and Aaron nor I are Sabbatarians, meaning that we don't uh, we don't believe that the Sabbath that was Saturday in the old covenant was transferred to the new and thereby would say would suggest that we can't you can't work on Sunday at all or things mm-hmm. like that. We, we would have uh, we, we appreciate what um, Albert Moeller, uh, the president of the seminary we both go through. He has a, a book on the Ten Commandments and I appreciate his language that he says that we have a high observance of the Lord's Day, meaning that I would yeah. say that you, you shouldn't have like um, if you have sports leagues or things that are taking your attention away from the service so that you're like in a hurry to get out and you're not communicating with other saints and you're not fellowshipping with the people of God and you're distracted throughout the service or you're having to miss services regularly. At that point, I would say that you that you are breaking not the Sabbath, but mm-hmm. that you are disobeying the Lord's command to be meeting on a weekly basis. And 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 some someone may ask, well, where in Scripture do we see the command to meet every Sunday? Mm-hmm. And I would say that we see that a pattern established in Acts. I think it's Acts. Thinking off the top of my head here, I think it's Acts twenty verse seven. We're told that the apostles were breaking bread every Sunday, every Lord's Day, uh, which was commemorating the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And we believe from Ephesians 2.20 that the church is built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, meaning the, uh, the patterns of the apostles, the teachings of the apostles, they're ours, and we are to follow them. And to be a true church, you need to live in accord with the apostles. So therefore, I would, I would say that the church must be meeting on Sunday. Um, now, in extreme circumstances, um, let's say you're in a country where there's extreme persecution and mm-hmm. your enemies are looking for you on the Lord's day and you are to say, well, can we meet on another day for safety's sake? I believe that there's grace for that. And I believe that that, that would be a reasonable suggestion to, to, to have that discussion. Some people don't. Some people have gone to the point where they're willing to be persecuted because they want to honor the lord's will on that and so i'm so i think that the, but that's a discussion we had in normal circumstances though yeah, yeah. Uh, you're, you can't just choose to say like a christian living in america for example deciding you know what tuesday is going to be my day i would actually say that that would be wrong that that mm-hmm. um I, and at first i would say it would be unwise but if you were to be confronted on that and continue it it, it may be even sinfully disobedient to the apostolic um, order and pattern of gathering on the Lord's day. Um, and so, so that'd be the first thing I'd say is Sunday being the Lord's day is an important pattern established by the resurrection of Christ codified by the apostles. And we ought to continue to meet on the Lord's day for those reasons. We also on the Lord's day in the scriptures, we see that they, they broke bread. So I think, you know, the Lord's supper, ought to be a regular regular thing. I'm, I'm grateful that the church I'm a member of, we, we take the Lord's Supper every single week, and I, I love that. I think it's important to regularly be, be taking that, and throughout the book it of must, Acts, must be nice. that they are regularly taking the Lord's Supper. But yeah. in the Reformation, it was established that a true church was known by two, and then they added a third mark um, in, uh, in, a later, in a later creed. Uh, the two Two marks of a true church, though, in the early Reformation was true preaching and the true sacraments or ordinances, as we, as we would call them as Baptists. So what that means is for a church to be true, the preaching had to be truly conformed to the word of God and the gospel. And the Lord's mm-hmm. Supper had to be true and had to be yeah. pure, meaning the right people were taking it. And the way that that was protected was by a third mark that was later 
added in 1559, I believe it was, um, in the Heidelberg Confession, I believe it was when it first came into play, they added church discipline as a third mark to protect the true preaching and the Lord's Supper. So with all that in mind, I would say that you gather on Sunday and accord with the apostles and that the marks in agreement with the Reformation era, I would say the marks of a true church are the true preaching of the word of God, the right practice of the ordinances, the, which are baptism and the Lord's Supper, and that the, the practice of church discipline is in place, not Lord willing, hopefully not every week, but as a means to protect those first uh, two uh true preaching, true sacrament marks. So all of those things tie together then, and the word of God being regularly preached then is said is a means by which a true, pure church of the Lord Jesus Christ is marked out. Right. So then in, in that, when I show up on a Sunday morning, I should expect to hear the word of God, right? And, and so I should come prepared. I should come ready uh, maybe that means reading through the, the, the passage that's going to be preached the next morning. Maybe that means, um, you know, prayerfully meditating on this passage. Um, all, I mean, I guess all of it would come down to you should come hungry, right? You want to come with the mindset of I, I am entering into this place. I'm entering into this moment is maybe even the better word. Um, ready to hear from God, uh, to hear from him in his word through this man who is preaching. And, and I would say, so Michael, maybe this is where we can have some, some further conversation on this. I would say the primary, primary means uh, by which you are growing in knowledge of God is going to be on that Sunday morning, the Sunday morning gathering, when you are hearing the word preached as a congregation, and, and I'm not trying to denigrate, you know, the regular reading of the word outside of the Sunday morning gathering, mm -hmm. but the Sunday morning preaching is that important to your life and the life of the congregation that you're, you're, you know, hearing the word of God with, that it's not something that we can take lightly, lightly. or that we should listen to individualistically like this is something that we need to to realize you know i'm hearing this but so are all of these other people who are here with me and we are going to be con more conformed to the image of christ because of hearing this word preached together um, than we would be had we not heard this and and we're growing in the same ways we're hearing the same things preached uh, we're testing what we're hearing according to the word of god and and all of this but I think, I don't know, there's this tendency in in Christian circles today to see Sunday morning as secondary to, uh, I think I heard Trip Lee say at one time where he said, to my my Jesus and me time. And and so, like, that that is saying that the Sunday morning gathering is not important. Uh, but I think I think that it is, and it should probably be the primary way by which we come to know God, are confronted in our sin, uh, come to know his word, come to grow in conformity to Christ likeness. And that Sunday morning moment, the preaching moment, should have such high priority in our minds that 
you know, we come ready, we come hungry, and we're willing to sit and hear from God in that moment. Michael, what do you think of that? Yeah, I would totally agree. And I, I would want to just say that there's a grounds for that in both in scripture. The reason we, we aren't just saying that. So to back up a sec, a, a step, we believe that all saints, meaning all Christians in the new covenant are indwelt by the Holy Spirit, who is the permanent presence of God in us. So in the new covenant, there's a transition from the old in which in order in the old covenant to be in the presence of God, by, by, by the work of the spirit and everything, you had to go to the temple. That was where the presence of God was. In the new covenant, we are the temple. The, each Christian is. And yet that doesn't mean that we can say, well, I am the temple in my individuality, and therefore I'm going to read the word of God on my own, and I have everything I need. God's word doesn't give that to you. It, I, so you are a, in and of yourself, the Bible says that you are living stones. You are part of the temple right in some sense um and so for you to not gather with the church and to say i'm going to read the word of god on my own is like saying i'm going to be a building but i'm going to be an individual brick off on my own no you're not like you are here you're lying you, you need to be built with other saints so much scriptural language in ephesians 4 we're told that the church is is built because christ has given the apostles and prophets to who built the church. And he also has given us, he it says, shepherds and teachers who continue yeah. that work. And it's the teacher of the Lord God, the preaching of the Lord God that continues. And we're told them that they build up the church so much so that we would grow into the full stature of Christ. That's all temple yeah. language picking up on yeah. that. So why do I say all that in, in, in view of what Aaron just said? The reason I say that is when we gather together, that is the God-ordained means where the presence of God is in a way that it is not anywhere else. Yep. So that's why you can't just take the Lord's Supper by yourself. That's illicit. Um, the Lord's Supper and baptism are ordinances only to be accomplished in the local church gathering. And I would say that I'm not against conference speaking or people speaking, but I would be very careful of using the language of things like sermon or preaching outside the context of the local church too, because I think that is something that belongs to the local church. I'm fine with lecture, speak. You can do that. That's fine. But be, I would be very careful of moving something like preaching or sermon or things like that outside the context of the local church. It's supposed to happen in the local church. It's Preaching is the is God's work, God's presence being being manifested, I would say, through, through the word that is being preached so that the church would be built up because it's in the presence of God that we will grow together. It's in that presence, and, and that is where God has ordained it to be. So I would totally, I would say the reason that you should prepare your mind by sleeping well, by reading whatever text your pastor is going to preach the next day or the night before on Saturday night, and being as ready as possible when you show up is you are entering when you gather with the church. And again, this is not about the building. It's not the building that's the presence of God. It's when you gather with other Christians who are indwelt by the Spirit together in that assembly, that is where God's presence, presence is, is, and that is where you worship in spirit and truth together, and then God builds you all up together. But you do not do that on your own. You can read the Bible. You ought to read the Bible on your own. You ought to grow. But the primary means 
is the corporate gathering that happens, I would argue, it should be happening on Sunday morning and where God will build his church. So all of those things are, are true. And you ought to be excited about that. Um, and you ought to prepare yourself for that because that is that is where God has made it to be. That's how God right. has made it to be. And we ought to be a people who want to obey God and step into his means of grace. Like we we ought to participate, participate by something ready and excited to be uh, changed and transformed by God in, in those actions. Yeah. So I, I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to hear and anticipate questions for for pushback, and mm-hmm. and one of the things that I'm thinking um, might come up. I, I don't I don't know who's out there listening. So I I'm just going to ask some questions that I think might you know be frequently asked questions for pushback. How how do we like how is this possible? And I think the explanation that you just gave will speak to that a little bit, but is it is it possible to grow more on the sunday morning than it is the other 6 days of the week cuz i'm i'm thinking in terms of like hours of content and and whatnot so like if you're gathering together on a sunday morning maybe you're hearing a, an hour long sermon chances are it's more like 30 35 maybe 40 minutes but if you're reading your bible 15 minutes a day, 20 minutes a day, 30 minutes a day, every day of the week, you're taking in so much more content. So, so why is it that we would say there's the primary means as the Sunday morning and the secondary means, but those secondary means has such greater amount of time. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's a fine question. I would point to a principle that we even see established in the the Old Testament. Uh, God says regularly to to uh, he, for I think the first time we see it is with Saul, but we see David said as well that God doesn't desire sacrifice but obedience. Mm-hmm. Right, and I think that that principle. So obedience to God, however long or short, is far more important than just time spent in other places, even if it's well intentioned. Um, mm-hmm. So so just doing the right thing. Um, even if it, even if it's qualitatively or quantitatively more, does not make it qualitatively more because where, where God has ordained for the, for the maximal impact to be, or the, where he has ordained for his presence to be, you know, as it said, all throughout the scripture in the presence of Yahweh is pleasures, our pleasures forevermore. Um, and, and David's thinking temple there. He's thinking like the reality of God's presence. And that, that is where the joy is at. And God will do more with your minuscule obedience again, quantitatively Mm -hmm. than he will with you giving lots of time in other places. If in giving that other time to other places, you're ignoring the primary one. So Mm -hmm. I, what I, what, what I mean by that is I want people, I want to, I want to see saints giving themselves to the Lord's day morning gathering and reading their Bible many hours. That's great. Right. And these, these aren't competing things. You don't choose one or the other. You should do both. Um, But by primary, what we're getting at is the one that God has explicitly given to his people codified in the new Testament and commanded us to do explicitly. You will not find a verse in the new Testament that says you must read your Bible every day. Mm-hmm. I think it's a great thing to do. I think you should. <laughs> um, and I would say, I think you should on the basis of the fact that we ought to be storing up his word in our hearts so that we would not sin against him. Uh, the, the word of God is living and active and reading it every day reminds us of what we need to know uh, so that we would honor God. So 
all those things I would say are reasons to to read the word of God. But we have explicit commands of uh, the pattern of the apostles of meeting on Sunday and then to and to not forsake the gathering of the assembly uh, and to sit under the word of God. Right. You're like those are you can't get around those ones. Those are very clear. And we ought to obey the very clear commands of Scripture. Um, and, and I would say that we, many times in the regular, regular gathering on Sunday mornings, we won't be able to estimate initially mm-hmm. the impact that, and the growth that that causes long term. And I would also say we also don't know the amazing thing, the, the, the protective nature that that is and the things it keeps you from. I, right. I have no idea how many sins in my life have been avoided because I've been with God's people. I, I, and that's a grace that and now to rejoice. That. We, we often take for granted how much God is protecting us because of his people in our lives. So we, we ought to be very careful to not say, well, I think that more growth could be happening elsewhere. What, what do you mean by that? Do you know what God's doing? And you're, you know, he does these things behind the scenes and he does them when you're in, when you're obeying him. So I would point that out as like, don't think that you are God and that you can determine the uh, maximal impact that he can have on your life through your own means. Obey his word, which he says to be doing these things and, and God will, will grow you. I, I like to look at the Lord's day gathering as like a vitamin right? It's, it's something you take. And, and usually if you take a vitamin, it's not going to change your life right away. But if you're regularly taking vitamins over years, mm-hmm. that's where the, that, that's where the growth is. And that's very much, I think how God has in his gracious uh, benevolence to us has orchestrated our lives to that. That's the, you know, the, the rhythm and the pattern of our lives. And that's how he keeps us uh, to, to himself. Yeah. The, the illustration that I've used similar to your vitamin illustration is uh, like daily meals. Mm-hmm. Like I can't, I can't tell you what I, what I ate a month ago for dinner. I, I could tell you what I ate for lunch. Cause I eat a PBJ every day, but <laughs> I like, I don't know the benefit that that meal is giving to me, but I'm doing it because mm-hmm. I'm hungry and I need the sustenance and, and whether or not we are remembering every detail about the meal. Oh, those mashed potatoes were amazing. Well, whatever. They're still providing for us the sustenance we need in the same way that the, the Lord's Day gathering, the preaching moment is providing for us the sustenance we need to continue in our spiritual life um, and, and to be more conformed to the image of Christ because we are hearing his word. And, and I think that's just important for us to, to keep in mind. So, what else? What else do we need to say? Is there is there more on this topic or any other questions, any other things that you would want to bring up? Uh, I think that it's probably I, I feel pretty good. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I would I would close by mentioning the reiterating the difference of what we mean by in preaching that it's the word of God. We started on that. I think it's important to, to say what we mean by that. I, I want to read a quick John Calvin quote, who I yeah. think. Got to read the Calvin, you know. Yeah, of course. But he has a quote here where um, that God, he, he, uh, Calvin writes, reveals himself by accommodation. Uh, what he means by that is that he accommodates himself to human capacity. So he stoops down. So that's what God's word is, is God stooping down so that we can know him and he's revealing himself to us. 
And this is what we see in preaching then. And so what Calvin says in thinking through what's happening in preaching, he writes uh, that this is the difference between the apostles and their successors. successors and by successors, he means preachers. So he says, this is the difference. He says, the former were sure and genuine scribes of the Holy Spirit, meaning that their writings are to be considered the oracles of God. They're infallible and errant, as we would say. But he continues, but the sole office of others, meaning preachers, is to teach what is provided and sealed in the Holy Scripture. So that th those are the distinctions. We believe that there is an inscripturated word that is complete and done. And the job of preaching and the reason that we go on Sunday to hear this preaching is that is where we learn from it. And that is where the presence of God is working through the preached word to conform us to the image of Christ, which is our goal. It is our destiny. And so that is why God has chosen to do that. And it's through that. So we believe that. And that's why you should be going to a church where preaching is happening. You should be going to a church where the pastor and the preacher, that, that he is opening the Bible, showing the text, and teaching that text, because it is in that sealed Holy Scripture. It is in that canon, the Bible, the 66 books of the Bible that are inspired. It is in teaching those and explaining those that true preaching is happening. So that's what I would say, just in closing, as we try to think about what is the, what is the aim of preaching? The aim of preaching is to take the Word of God in our 66 canonical books and expound them to the saints. And in so doing, the people of God will be changed and transformed and grow from one degree of glory to another. Amen. Yeah, the only other final thoughts I would offer, um, one, I'm thankful for many things about my upbringing. One of the things that I'm most thankful for is that I never had to ask the question, are we going to church this week? And it was like, it was the expectation. We're going to church. This is important. Uh, so, so maybe a shift of mindset is necessary in your thinking to say, um, I am going to be with God's people on the Lord's day um, and show up to church and be expectant. If you want to be expectant, start reading the passage that's going to be preached. Uh, pray for your pastor throughout the week as he prepares to preach that sermon. And uh, as you start praying, I mean, I don't, I don't want to make false promises here, but as you start praying, you will start hearing better sermons. There will be sermons that are speaking uh, to you and growing you uh, in, in ways that hadn't before as you pray for your pastor and invite others to pray for your pastor. Uh, he needs it, you need it, and it will benefit your souls. So that's our thoughts on preaching. And uh, hopefully you are looking forward to the gathering of um, your church this Sunday. Uh, if not, then you should be. <laughs> and it's something to look forward to with eager expectation, knowing that God is going to speak through his word. So uh, we're thankful that you would take the time to listen. If you have follow-up questions or anything you'd like us to consider, we'd love to hear for, from you. Uh, Facebook is probably the best way to go about that. Uh, Facebook, uh, we are Accessible Theology or Accessible Theology at gmail.com. We do check that uh, with some regularity and can get back to you there and follow up with any other questions you might have. But we're thankful. Uh, and until next time, we want to charge you to love God, know truth, and live accordingly. <laughs>